This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, Please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Uh, Before we get started, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, let's recap today's Vikings game. Swinging out of the backfield, something you can get a few yards to get out of bounds. Abdullah does wheel out. Cousins delivers for BB, who stays on his feet and takes it in. That'll do. <laughs> Touchdown, Minnesota. 40 yards for BB's second of the year. All right, after getting eliminated from playoff contention last week against the Saints, the Vikings didn't have much to play for other than pride, basically, on Sunday against the Lions. And uh, after a slow start by the offense, Minnesota finished with a season-high 508 total yards on their way to a 37-35 win over the Lions on Sunday. With the win, the Vikings ended their season at 7-9, and and it's the first time since Mike Zimmer's first year with the team that the Vikings have finished a season with a losing record. So joining me today to help recap the Vikings is the Viking Ages, Dustin Baker. And Dustin, is there anything meaningful that we can really take away from the Vikings win today since it featured just so many players that no one has ever heard of? No, not in the long run. It was. It turned out to be exciting, um, so I was grateful for that. It wasn't uh, you know, just a display of ineptitude on both sides, maybe defensively a little bit. Um, but the only things that really mattered were draft order, and we won, so we'll slide back, or depending on how you want to word that, we'll get closer to 14th or 15th or something like that. Um, and then getting out relatively healthy, I don't, I don't recall any huge injuries. Um, when you decide to play like a Justin Jefferson to get his record, or Kirk Cousins, who had a marvelous day, um, there's always a chance that one of those dudes could tear an ACL and they probably wouldn't be ready by September. So you roll the dice there a little bit, but at the end of the day, these are professionals that make millions. So if they're healthy, they're going to play for the most part. Um, it was it was fun to watch because it was kind of like a fantasy football laden game where it was just points, points, points. Um, but no, in the long run, it was just an entertaining game to watch. And I'll say because I get into the numbers that I always feel like a seven and nine record looks better than six and ten. Yeah. Uh, when we look when we look back at Zimmer's resume, we'll remember this season as seven and nine, which is close to average, um, in spite of all the injuries and no preseason. Um, it basically showed that getting to seven nine, that Zimmer is not this atrocious coach that has lost it or out of touch with today's game. That he coached a ragtag um, group of defenders. I don't know if you'd say to them to respectability, but the team as a whole got to seven and nine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure how many 
coaches would be able to get a team like this two seven and nine um you know they got the most out of the offense i feel like they could and then the defense they were just working basically with table scraps <laughs> so um i'm not sure like if even if you had uh, i can't even think of like the greatest defensive mind back there if you had like a buddy ryan or 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 uh what who's the old tony dungy yeah you know any of those guys uh back there even marvin lewis like i i don't, I don't know who could have gotten anything really out of the guys that, that the Vikings had to work with, especially at the end of the season when Kendricks went out. Then you basically had Harrison Smith, who's basically running all over the field, trying to pretty much do everyone's job. Um, so I don't know what they should do. But to add insult to injury, the Cardinals and Bears both lost today as well, which, which means if the Vikings had won <laughs> just one more game, they would have been in the playoffs. But... Yeah, I uh, I tweeted that a couple hours ago that you can take your least favorite Viking moment or loss and blame it or flip it hypothetically and it'll put you in the playoffs. If it was Dan Bailey's um, bedwetting in Tampa Bay um, that arguably costs them the game, if that didn't happen, then the Vikings would be in. If it was the collapses in the fourth quarter after Cousins had authored game-winning drives. like fourth Fourth and two. Yeah, the uh, Seattle game, was it the mm-hmm. Titans game, um, mm-hmm. Cowboys, mm-hmm. any one of those games. In retrospect, we would have been in the dance going to New Orleans for a mm. wild card playoff game. And it's the same frustration from 2018 when Daniel Carlson missed all those kicks in week two mm-hmm. against Green Bay. If, we had, if he had made one of those securing mm-hmm. the victory, we would have, even in the old format, been in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the the retrospect hindsight stuff that every darn game matters, and it really feels that feels like when Kendricks um, hurt his uh, leg when he was warming up against the Jags as quietly as that was, you know, went announced in that game. That turned out to possibly be a deal breaker to sneak mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Um, on the seven to nine, I want to extrapolate a little bit more. Uh, this see, I didn't think that this defense would be this poor. Um, I also mm-hmm. didn't think that Hunter would be out for the whole year. Um, but this is what the New Orleans Saints did in 2014, 2015, and 2016 with Drew Brees and mm-hmm. still part of his prime. Every single season in those that span of three years, they went seven and nine. They had a an offense that was exemplary, led by Breeze, of course, mm-hmm. and a defense that lagged behind and was 27th in the NFL, 26th in the NFL. So <clears throat> this is what happened to the Vikings, and we didn't think that we would see it. I know you didn't, Adam, and I sure as uh, heck didn't. No. Um, but we, we were an offense-first team that reminded me of the Mike Tice days uh, with poor tackling on defense, not forcing a lot of turnovers, um, and it was bizarre that Zimmer could figure out a way to find wins um, from an offense when, if you would have looked back in 2014 and 2015, that offense seemed anemic to compare to what we have now. So our dream is that uh, next year or uh, one of these years left on Zimmer's career that they both click, you know, where you have that 27 defense and then this 2020 offense because that team will make a deep playoff push. But the Vikings should get rid of Gary Kubiak, right? <laughs> that's that's the word on the street. Um, I I, no. I think I I think it's because that he doesn't do flashy stuff yeah. or, emo- or motion. Doesn't have, he doesn't have Dalvin Cook throw any passes or anything. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it is because it it, it must be a lack of trickery or something. Uh, because the the numbers bear out every single year in QBX career, he has an offense. 
that is respectable. There might have been one in there. Yeah, there's um, a couple outliers. Yeah, um, but this is what he does, and it's your opinion, sure, if you if you don't think it's sexy enough, but it's scoring points, and who cares if it's sexy then? But the, and the, also the couple outliers are like when he had like Steve Slayton as his <laughs> running back, or like <laughs> Mike Anderson, where it's like, oh, okay, here you know you get an excuse, yeah. but he had Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook for for most of the year, so he he got what he what he needed to get out of those guys, and uh, I'm looking forward to them getting like another entire off season to see what they can work together. Because I think more towards the end of the season, at least with Kirk cousins, I feel like he was getting more comfortable um, in the offense, especially with his, his pocket presence and and things like that. But since this is what we do in the recap, let's get Mm -hmm. to our likes and dislikes. And since they won, we'll get to the likes first. What do you got? Oh, Madison, Alexander Madison filled in well, and he was never in my doghouse, but I really got resentful. Um, from our own fan base saying that uh, fo- folks saying that he and Dalvin were interchangeable. If you didn't want to pay Dalvin, uh, yes, 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 Madison yes. there. Um, so I think I personally took that out on Madison a lot of the time, um, <clears throat> but he played marvelous. That first touchdown was absolutely gorgeous. And I, I, mm-hmm. I can see an offense with the Vikings that it, hypothetically, if it was Madison only with a side dish of Boone, it would, it would run just fine. But the thing about Dalvin is, is that he takes it to the next level mm-hmm. and uh, he's so dynamic, more dynamic than Madison and more of a pass catcher than Madison that uh, Dalvin is certainly the RB one, but I was very impressed with Madison. Um, that's my first takeaway there. Yeah. I think when people talk about, you know, how Gary Kubiak and he has all these thousand yard rushers, you know, in his background or whatever, he was able to get so-and-so to rush for a thousand like you've never heard of. But then you look at what he was able, what the team was able to do with those players. And it wasn't really a whole lot, but when he had someone like Terrell Davis, they were able to get to a Super Bowl and, and win that. And that's what I think the difference is between someone like Dalvin Cook and a Alexander Madison. Yeah. Maybe Gary Kubiak could get Madison to rush for over a thousand yards and have a season like that. But with Dalvin Cook, he's going to take you to that next level. level like you said, and get you into being a contender where Madison's like, okay, he can get the job done, but is he going to get the ball when he's, you know, seven yards behind line of scrimmage and turn that into a 10 yard gain like Dalvin Cook can do. And we've seen him do so many times. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the big difference between when you're just taking it away from just looking at the box score and, and looking at like their impact on, on the game. I I feel like I'm, Talking like Randy Moss here, talking about greatest receivers. Like, don't look at the stats, look at the impact <laughs> on the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my feelings on Madison. Um, for my likes, they're kind of, they're kind of dislike related, but they're, I'm just excited that, uh, this is going to happen. So my likes are Dakota Dozier never starting again and Anthony Harris probably not returning in 2021. Uh, Dozier, I think he had a holding call today. When he was falling down, so <laughs> that was good. The quarterback, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then heading into this week, he had he he'd given up six sacks, which uh, seems pretty hard to do when you're an interior offensive lineman. But he found a way. And then Anthony Harris, I think we realized why the Vikings were so hesitant on giving him a, a long term deal. Um, just this year, he just had too many missed tackles. His pass coverage, I think, declined. He had he had no interceptions this year after he had six. Yeah. last year and and I think his uh as more and more pieces of the defense like start to go away you could see his weaknesses get more and more glaring where where Harrison Smith yes he would make some mistakes but 
he was still able to make the plays that you're you're accustomed to. And Anthony Harris wants to get paid like someone like Harrison yeah. Smith, and, and, he, and that's just not going to happen. He will get paid by somebody, but it will not be the Vikings. Um, and I'll put this bluntly. I've never interacted with Anthony Harris. It would be very cool if I did, but I haven't. Vikings do not need him. Um, no. They, they had one of the best defenses of the decade with Andrew Sandejo yeah. in his spot. So all, <laughs> all they need in a ordinarily good Zimmer defense is a guy that can tackle well. And it was just gravy last year that he popped up and as an undrafted sensation caught six interceptions. Um, so it, in retrospect, <clears throat> the fact that Zimmer did not give him big money is a humongous blessing. Um, now he could he could show up next year and be fantastic, and I hope that he does. But he didn't do it this year, and I think we kind of saw why he was an undrafted player. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a run of the mill safety this year, and in a year that we needed him to be, you know, a Pro Bowler. Yeah, I think he had some some injury issues, which might have been the biggest reason why he went undrafted. But yeah, maybe yeah, like you said, maybe he will go to go to another team and become this year's Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Um, who, you know, I think he had like the, the league's lowest completion percentage mm-hmm. Rhodes did. did. Um, so that's real fun. Um, but yeah, what, what else you got? Um, well, I guess I'll get in on the Jefferson parade here. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jefferson set the rookie record as if you're listening, you know that it was ambiguous though. And I, mu- I must have messed this up all week because a guy named Bill Groman for the Houston Oilers 1960 had more receiving yards than Justin Jefferson, but apparently because he played in the AFL, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Gotta do the merger. Well, I know, but sometimes we do that, sometimes we don't. When we talk about Jim Brown, we always put him up there. Yeah, and so that's true. I was okay with it. Fox just announced it as like, all right, he set the rookie record, and I'm like looking around thinking, I'm lying to people then. <laughs> so, yeah, evidently Je- Justin Jefferson has the rookie record, and why that is important is because we want him to win rookie of the year. And mm-hmm. if he can put that on his resume as opposed to an asterisk by Bill Groman, second best or something like that, then in a voter's mind, because perception is reality, he probably has a real shot to dethrone Herbert. Now, I checked the box score in the late games, and Herbert was doing having another great day. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a tight race, but I think because Jefferson has that accolade now that says most uh, receiving yards by a rookie ever, even though there's a little caveat, um, I think he has a real shot at it uh, on the bigger point. What we did is we got a player that is equally as talented as Stefan Diggs, And I don't care. Shh, what are you I, talking about? I don't care what you think <laughs> you or the listener in his, we, what we should be doing is comparing Diggs's first year to Jefferson's first year. So not flaming hot take, not Diggs now <laughs> and not Jefferson now, because yeah. they're at different spots in their career. If you want I mean, to, you could, fair, yeah, I mean, yeah, because they're they're almost bedfellows as is now. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be fair about, well, who won the trade? You want to look at what Diggs did in his first year, which is pretty darn good, but it wasn't like this. Yeah. And I kid you not that when Jefferson catches a pass, he doesn't just fall to the ground and happy with the yeah. possession of the ball. He fights, and Diggs did that sometimes, but he didn't do that all the time. So as of now, both teams are just gleeful that this trade happened because we get a guy – for cheap for the next four years, and we're going to need that cheap part because we're we have to go sign a guard, probably get a pass rusher, and you know fortify some of these uh, substitute defensive players that we saw some shortcomings from. Um, but in year one, Jefferson is already like this top ten or top twelve wide receiver, unless he gets hurt or has some strange sophomore slump. Um, it, it is absolutely far exceeded my expectations, and I mean he plays like a seasoned vet in his prime in his rookie year. Yeah, he's 
he's great he's been great um it's like i think he mentioned it today in his press conference like you know what would happen if i would have started those those first two games <laughs> um which seems to be you know just just what happens with rookies on mike zimmer's team because that happened to Diggs too um where he had to wait a couple of games before he got could get in there um but yeah jefferson has been he's been great i think i, I tweeted this out earlier and i wrote about it that um he's one of four rookie receivers to gain over at least 1300 yards in their in their first season uh in the nfl and the other three won offensive rookie of the year you know it was randy moss odell beckham and anquan bolden so all three of those guys won so jefferson's the only one and he's yeah. waiting and i wrote uh basically on the viking age day that jefferson should at least be probably co-offensive rookie of the year uh uh, with Justin Herbert because I think you can make cases for both because Justin Herbert is yeah. he is is having a really good season he is setting passing records but he's also part of an offense that has thrown the third most in the NFL while yeah. Jefferson's been in an offense that ranks 27th in pass attempts so I feel like Jefferson makes more with his opportunities than than Herbert has Herbert has been given a lot of opportunities to throw those touchdowns and his his td ratio is actually lower than guys like mitchell trubisky and and baker mayfield how how do you suppose that voters do that so the last time i can remember it was when peyton manning and steve mcnair split do they actually come to a numerical tie in the vote or do they call each other up and say hey let's put it up Co MVP yeah, option. I don't. I really, I really don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, well, maybe they can just give the award to Justin. Yeah. <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, um, the way that the stats um, were borne out at the end of the year today, I thought Adam Thielen would have the stat line with fourteen hundred yards receiving, yep. and the rookie would have nine hundred and eight hundred change. I actually, I think in one of my forecasts, I thought Jefferson would have about seven hundred, eight hundred, but they've flipped the production that I foresaw. Um, Jefferson took hold of the receiver room in terms of production um, for yards, while Thielen was doing all of the showstopper touchdown scoring stuff. And hey, I mean, it worked offensively. Uh, we didn't reach the postseason, but uh, yeah, I, I can't shower enough praise on him because it was just the poise. And the only mistakes that I can think of are that uh, the fumble was it against Cowboys? The fumble late? Uh, it, it was a drop. Drop. The, the drop. That was humongous. Yep. And, and then I think there was one weird route that he ran early on in the season, and today he had the fumble. But that's stuff that happens to like every player. So yeah. uh, I kept, um, I kind of waited in the first three or four games thinking, all right, is this just a little hot stretch? Kind of like I did with Case Keenum the entire, entire year of 2017. Like, <laughs> is this too good to be true? When is this going to change? And it never, well, it, it certainly did for Keenum in the final game of the year, but for Jefferson, it's been consistent. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been, he's been great and I'm looking forward to the rest of his career. I, I was a little nervous today with him just playing it all. Cause I'm like, mm, Vikings <laughs> don't have the best of luck. Yeah. Hopefully this doesn't turn out poorly. And luckily it did not. Um, but my, I got another like, and that is just the Vikings offense putting up more than 30 points again. Yeah. Uh, it's the sixth time they've put up at least 30 points in a game this year, which is tied for the most. Or the third most in franchise history, only the 2009 and 1998 Vikings uh, had done it more. I feel like the 98 Vikings did it like 11 times, and 2009 they did it like nine or 10. Yeah. So 
they they're they're way out in front there, but but this offense was still still pretty good. They're exciting. They put up a lot of points. They had to put up a lot of points because the defense, which is just playing so poorly, um. So that that's that's one of my likes. It's good to see that the Zimmer approach has that capacity in it. So when we need it next year, we know for damn sure that they can Hopefully. score th- thirty points uh, at will with this current formula. Uh, my final like is going to be a broader point on Kirk Cousins. He had one of his best games of his career today um, against the NFL's worst defense. So yeah, it, I get it was it. in the final 45 minutes of garbage time, though. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I get it that it, the Lions aren't a very good defense, but I, I can't stress this enough. I know that there are people that don't like him or think that he's overpaid or don't like him because he's not quite as good as Patrick he'll, Mahomes. He'll work on the gritty, okay? God, yeah, well, first yeah, that, time. Was, that was that was another like too that he actually <laughs> finally did that. But here's the deal. 4,265 passing yards this season, 35 mm-hmm. touchdowns. You cannot just go find that somewhere. No. That is worthy of the money that is being paid to him on in his contract. So when he was brought here, we brought him to bring forward this sort of production. 35 touchdowns per year, 4,000 yards, passing yards per season. That should be good enough to be the engine of the offense. It just so happened that this year the defense was abysmal. So Mm -hmm. we got, I don't know why, we got used to like these Christian Ponder types or Teddy Bridgewater types or uh, Keenum to an extent where if they just throw about 20 touchdowns, that's all the Vikings need to be good. That's <laughs> not how it works. Mm-mm. When I debate Kirk Cousins, which is pretty often, I always feel like that I'm justifying the production of a quarterback who throws about 20 touchdowns per year to 15 interceptions. It feels like that's the type of guy that I'm defending. And I don't do that because he's not that. He routinely throws north of 28 touchdowns per year with about 4,000 yards. Yes, he does bad stuff, but all quarterbacks do bad Mm -hmm. stuff. Yes, there's things that I wish he did a lot more, like take off with the ball, and he started to do that a little bit. And I'm not here to proclaim that he's elite. I've never said that, and I never will. But he is about a top 10 or top 12 quarterback, depending on the day. Some days he's so damn good that he's right in the mix for the best. And there's some games like the Colts game or the Falcons game where you're like, well, this is no good. So, yes, I acknowledge that those are his weaknesses, but you should not be discontented with a quarterback who throws 35 touchdowns in a season. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't, why you, do I have to keep pounding that home? You don't think a team like the Patriots would want to have oh, Kirk Cousins here or, or the Colts or the Eagles, you know, even the Saints. Like, they'd yeah. rather have Kirk Cousins and an uh, old fogey Drew Brees back there and – just, We've got to get to a point where I, I, w- he's not going to take a pay cut, but I think that if he did somehow, like if he said, yeah, just pay me $17 million a year, I think that every, like 90% of the naysayers would go quiet. I think that's what it is. I just, I, st- I always take a step back from it to be objective and think, what is it? Am I missing? I mean, is it fumbles? Is it not putting a team on his back? I really, and- think, I really think it's that first year. If he took them to the playoffs the first year and went to like the division round, and they lost in like a close game. Yeah. I think I think the interp like the perception of him in Minnesota would be way different. Okay. But because they didn't make the playoffs that first year when that was like the you know so called Super Bowl or bust year. Yeah. Um. I think that just that ingrained this you know perception of him in people's minds, and no matter yeah. what he did after that point, it wasn't going to matter because it's like, oh, Case Keenum got got us to the playoffs. <laughs> Why couldn't you do it? And it's yeah. just like, well. 
it's not all his fault. Like he, yes, he makes mistakes, like you said, but there's 51 other players on the field each game that yeah. contribute to what goes on for, you think, for that team. Do you think Falcons fans feel this way about Matt Ryan? Because they, those two not anymore. Are, those are statistical bedfellows. I from the jump, those two produce about the same amount and. Man, I, I spend way too much time trying to figure out why can't people, especially a Vikings franchise that's been starved for a consistent quarterback. Like every three years, we try something new. Like, why can't we just stick with it? I gave you guys the Saints example. Like they went through three years of seven and nine. The quarterback and the head coach are still there vying for a, cha- a Super Bowl. And yep. I don't know why we can't be comfortable with continuity in hopes that uh, everything will click. Um, I it's frustrating. Oh, for sure. I mean, I feel like Kirk Cousins has to get the Vikings to a Super Bowl in order to get rid of a lot of those naysayers and sure. And it sucks that he has to do that. That he can't just you know help the team just get to the playoffs in general, and then it's up to the you know the entire team to do with that what they want. But that's just how it goes, and I th- I really think it has to do with that that 2018 season. Um. For my last like, I have, I I didn't, I had no idea what what to even think with this. But those two terrible calls by the refs <laughs> that helped the Vikings win the game, I was like, who's is the, are the Vikings playing? Like what? I I this this stuff does not happen to the Vikings. This stuff happens against the Vikings. Like that roughing the passer call. I, I think what was that? I think that was the worst call I've ever seen him in my he I've watched them. I've been watching football since 1989 and I don't think I've ever seen a call like I thought on replay they would show like a hidden face mask. Uh yeah, no. I mean, not that it would really matter. Did they think he drove <laughs> him into the ground? Like yeah, I, I think I, it was because his body weight was on him, but I think we I thought we had gotten over that right criteria. I think it's because he was smaller than Cousins, so it looked like he was on top of him, but he just I, I don't know. I, I mean, mean Cousins, it, Cousins does not get those calls either because he got no. like bashed in the face, I think, by like I want to say the Saints or the Bucks a cup. Oh yeah, Pierre Paul like bashed him in the face and he didn't get any call for that. So that that call was just crazy. Yeah. And then the the Marvin Jones uh overturn touchdown call that one you could probably maybe make a little bit more of a case for because it was kind of inconclusive if if the ball hit the ground or hit his elbow or whatever but that that was a call that would have been overturned in like 2017 or 2016 when they still had the ball hit the ground rule yeah i think when was it the steelers got screwed in a a sunday night game against the patriots when they changed it so prior to that that touchdown jesse james was that the guy yeah yeah that exact moment um, that probably prior to that Jesse James moment would have been an incompletion. But we, we changed the rule to give the pass catcher the benefit of the doubt so that even if it does hit the ground, that you're supposed it to be like able he maintained to. control. Yeah, but yeah. Whatever. So yeah, if you're, <laughs> it's highly unlikely that there's any Lions fan listening to this. But yeah, you should be feel like you were hosed because you were. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're probably not that sad because now they have a way better draft pick. But yeah, but um. And they It'd be need interesting that to see what they see what they do. I had Roy Williams, the wide receiver, on my other podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, Ryan McKinney, and I asked him if he thinks Stafford is going to be a part of this rebuild. I, I think that's what it'll be. Sold he played with him, and, right? What's that? He played with him, yep, right? Yep. Well, no, uh, no, he got traded uh, oh, right before. Yeah, yeah, he got traded to the Dallas Cowboys, which he loved. Um, oh, he was with Joey Harrington. 
Yeah, he said that on my podcast, the offensive coordinator that year that they went 0-16 had 29 plays in his playbook. 29? Yep, that's what he ran. <laughs> and he told a story about one time that the offensive coordinator fell asleep during a game. Who was the offensive coordinator? Oh, I can't remember his name now. Some Italian name. I can't remember what it was, but <laughs> that doesn't really narrow it down. There's a couple of Italian no. coaches. Uh, but anyhow, um, I am very curious to see because we could see perhaps um, the Bears with a new quarterback, but now they might do Trubisky again. Um, we'll see the Lions with a new coach. Um, so I'm very curious to see if Stafford will be, he can't be outright cut because that would be like 20 million dead cap. But if they would send him somewhere to like Denver or New England to you know finish out his 10 years left in his career with a puncher's chance to do something, because I really don't think it's fair to put him through another rebuild. Um, I don't yeah, know if he's too old. But uh, Roy Williams said that he doesn't think that Stafford will be there too much longer. I don't know if that means he's out this year, but uh, I think Stafford we know is good enough that he's kind of has that Kirk's Kirk cousins itis in Washington mm-hmm. where he all he needs is a change of scenery to really bust out. I think Stafford deserves that. And I'd love to see him play in new England or Denver or something like that. Yeah. I feel like he's still got some, some juice. Left oh in yeah. There. I think he's Kirk's age, isn't he? They're both 32. Around the same, yeah. yeah. Um, I looked up the guy that you were talking about. His name's Jim Coletto. <laughs> yeah, that's him. And uh, that year with the Lions as their offensive coordinator turned out to be his last job coaching in college or the NFL. I yeah. think he was 64 when he had that job. Yeah, and then Bryant. he was like, nah, I'm good. McKinney chimed in and said that that would be excellent to, to memorize, but uh, most teams have 200 or 300, and uh, this dude had 29. 29? So. Like, what wow. do you even... Uh, does, were there names for him, or they just go one, <laughs> two? I don't know. He just three. wanted to keep it simple. And they I, re- I wonder why it was so hard to defend them, because you you know the defenses could learn their playbook in, like, one hour yeah. by just watching film. It's wild. Um, so. All right, let's get to some... Some dislikes because the Vikings only won by two points. Uh, yep. So there was there was plenty to not be happy with. What do you got? I got two dislikes and they're very core things. The defense again, I didn't expect them to play any different today, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. It was just I may, they probably played a little bit better than the Christmas Day meltdown. Um, but mm-hmm. it, I don't know. We just I, I I had a glimmer of hope in the middle of the season that we would see an ascension of the defense. And then especially when Kendricks got hurt, that was just gone. So, yeah, it was what it was. And that little blurb that we had from week eight to maybe week 10 or 11 was just maybe maturation that wasn't going to see itself all the way through this particular year. Um, the pass rush. Today, it seemed like we got some pass rush and they just run past Safford. Or they got yeah, shoved they past. <laughs> like every time I was like, here comes a little pass rush. And then it was like. They weren't even anywhere near mm-hmm. Stafford, but they were in the pocket. Yeah, he just stepped and, up. That's all I had to do. Yeah, so that needs to be fixed. And that that really, like, I know we'll talk a lot about the offensive line in the next eight months, and hopefully they they get a, some some guard play. But that pass rush, if if you really sit down and watch film, that was the bane of this season. Is that we're so used to Everson and Daniil generating pressure, and then takes a lot off the back end of the defense and. I, 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 it's crazy to me that there are teams that have fewer defensive sacks than the Vikings, but there are Titans, um, I think. Yeah, it's just wild. So, uh, the defense, especially the pass rush, was something I disliked, but I expected to dislike that going into the game. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Everson, the dude was, has been retweeting 
uh, a lot after the game of, of Vikings fans being like, come back to Minnesota, come back to Minnesota, and he's retweeting all of them. Oh, positively? Because I know he was being yes. weird earlier this yes. week. So, last, uh, last week he was trying to pick fights and stuff. And I was thinking, I'm like, I'm sure he wants to come back. This is where he's been his whole career. His family's probably here. The kids go to school here yeah. probably. And or now it'll be a go to school. price tag. Oh, it will for sure be cheaper. And and I was thinking, I'm like, I, I don't, I wouldn't really have a problem with that. He'd at least, you know, have some experience in the defense and provide some some depth at the very least. Maybe help Wanham figure some things out, get get to that next level. And yeah, we'd have to be careful as to recognize that as a cure or just a nice little stopgap to. I don't know. Would you be excited if that was our big defensive inside? Finding was Everson Griffin. Oh no, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be satisfied with that being the only thing they do. They have to do something else. Like no, but I mean to to fix the pass rush, get Hunter back, and then re-sign Everson. No, no, no. Okay, no. You gotta, you gotta either. I feel like you either need to draft someone with one of your early round picks, and then and then maybe sign like another experienced veteran. I think you. I think you need a a veteran presence in there just just because they know they they have experience with. NFL defenses, they know what they can throw at them, or NFL yeah. offenses. Well, then, that, like, then that probably so. is Everson. So, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, he's definitely going to be cheaper, um, and the Vikings aren't going to have a lot of money. Uh, but more on the defense, because you just threw it out there. Um, <laughs> they did get their act a, a, together a little bit in the second half, but you know they still allowed 417 total yards, 35 points. It's the seventh game this season that the Vikings have allowed at least – 30 points, which is the second most in team history. Only 1984 and 2013 allowed more 30-point games than this year's defense coached by Mike Zimmer. The previous high for a Mike Zimmer team was three in yeah, 2014. Year. Yep. And then every other year, I believe, is just like two. Every year, they only allowed two 30-point games. Yeah. So uh, a little different this year. And, I mean, given the circumstances, I, I can't really be too surprised um, but my dislike is Dan Bailey. You're stealing my thunder, Adam. Um, he he made five kicks today. He made five, <laughs> but he also missed two. He he missed a field goal, and he I don't even know if you call it a miss for an extra point. I I don't know if he was aiming at something else because it just it went off the screen when he yeah. kicked it. Uh, way way left. Um, and this year, so this brings his total to he's missed seven field goals and six extra points. That's 13 kicks. If you are struggling at math at home, that's not good for someone who's still under contract for two more years. That's what I dislike. Um, so I, I have grown um, very coarse over the last two months about him missing kicks that when he does it, I'm just like, well, of course he did. Uh, <laughs> and I, I didn't feel like that last year at all. So now what I dislike the most about his egregious missed extra point today is that we are going to force a decision by the front office on kicker again. Mm-hmm. And I am all about redemption and second chances, but I don't know if we can go into another season with high expectations with trusting him. And yeah, he all, but then again, he could come out and be 27 of 29 like he was last year and then have his yips resolved. But it, it stinks that we have him under contract, but we have to evaluate whether or not he is it. Yeah, I don't think it's too expensive to cut him, though. I think it's like it'll be like one or one. And or two I don't think he'll be money. back. I don't know. But, I don't think he can be trusted because as much as Zimmer seems to really enjoy him as a, a man or a friend, um, 
we know that Zimmer, you know, rolls his eyes. Yeah, to he say, gave him another excuse today. Uh, did he really? The game. He I said uh, he said um, he injured his back in New Orleans, so that might have been his kicking oh, issues today. Well, maybe I'm that's like, all the right. I'm like, who is this guy making excuses the, for kickers? The like, biggest dislike on kicking is that we will go into week one no matter what happens. Very on eggshells, no matter what. If it's oh, a yeah. rookie, if it's the best rookie kicker that you could ever imagine, we're not going to believe it. If it's Bailey again, we're sure as truck not going to believe it. And then if it's just some veteran like Forbath, that type of dude, we're, we're not going to. So we're going to go in with kicking question marks no matter what happens. Yeah, and I mean, you can look across the sideline today and, and Matt Prater, he's regarded as one of probably the best kickers yeah. in the NFL, and he struggled a lot this year as well. Yeah, he did. So maybe, maybe it's the you know people not being in the stands, throwing people off <laughs> this year. Um, but And then I think the Vikings... It's pretty pretty certain that they're going to have a new special teams coordinator uh, next season. So I would see, you know, what what that guy wants to do. You yeah. know, if he wants to bring in his own guy, I think yeah. they should bring someone in. You know, yeah. I don't think they should draft anyone because I think that's a wasted pick because there's so many undrafted kickers that end up being very good. Adam Vinatieri being one of those. Actually, just just a lot of them are undrafted and yeah, and end up being very good. No one's uh no, not everyone can be Sebastian Janikowski <laughs> and get drafted in. What did he get? did he get drafted in the first round? I think he was. Oh my god, yeah. um, he did play for like twenty years, but yeah, but it, and he wasn't. Hey, he's Ima- just imagine that seriously. You and me chilling on draft night on a Zoom call or something <laughs> like that, and we see a kicker goes at like fifteenth pick. Oh my god, think about Twitter. It would just melt oh man i I have uh, two broader points that aren't necessarily likes or dislikes that i want to get to before we hop off the air and i'm not going to use these to settle scores but i am going to prove a point i think so there is a very um undying need to the vikings to somehow get rid of kirk cousins fine and they want to get a mobile quarterback a rookie and hopefully an offensive-minded head coach like eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, cause that has nothing to do with Andy Reid. It's gotta be Eric Bieniemy or Patrick uh, Mahomes. Yeah. So, so we want to get a young offensive coordinator with the mobile quarterback. Fine. Let's try it. But you have to consider this Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. You've got your mobile quarterback and you got your, your sexy offensive minded head coach who does mm-hmm. the air raid stuff. Mm-hmm. They've been in the league now for two years together. Mm-hmm. They are 13, 18 and one and have not made the playoffs. What? That is not an indictment on either one of them. But I'm telling you as a Viking fan, if you want the mobile quarterback and you want the young head coach, you will have to have more than two years worth of patience for it to grow. If they go four and 12 in the first year, you can't blow that up. If they go nope. seven and nine the next year, you can't blow that off. If you want the mobile quarterback with the offensive head coach that's like McVay, then you are going to have to give it patience. It doesn't click. And I cannot see this fan base having patience for two <laughs> losing seasons. You'll have guys like me saying, should have got rid of Zimmer. Um, um, yeah, what's going on with the the Texans and Deshaun Watson? Isn't he? Uh, that was my that was are, my last point. You stole it again. I was <laughs> going to say, and this was a broader point on yeah, quarterback wins as a stat, which people love to tout. Like Trubisky, right? If Kirk Cousins was so good, then why doesn't he have a better win loss record? Well, mm-hmm. oh, because there's 53 players on a team, my friend. If you're not you, Adam, but you who thinks that Kirk Cousins is average because he only has an average record. 
okay, Deshaun Watson this year, probably the fourth best quarterback in the NFL on a given day, maybe mm-hmm. fifth if Josh Allen has surpassed him. His team is 4-12 and 12 this year. Mm-hmm. He did not pull his team up by the bootstraps and lead mm-hmm. them to even anything remotely prosperous. That team is 4-12. and 12. A damn good quarterback cannot do it alone, and there is no better case study than what has happened with the Texans this year. Quarterbacks need help. They need defenses. They need coaching. Um, so I'm so over the quarterback win stat. It can be discredited. You talked about Trubisky coming into tonight. He and Aaron Rodgers had the same win-loss record through 48 <laughs> starts. And I understand that it's cool to adjudicate a quarterback by how many times he has won, um, but this is not the French Open. This is not Wimbledon. They don't play against each other. It's a team sport. So yeah, if you really want to use quarterback wins as a stat, then please cite Deshaun Watson from 2020 as your first mention. Dustin, just delivering facts here. Enough, enough <laughs> of that stuff. Um, yeah, you can. Unfortunately, you can get pretty much any stat you want in your favor. You can you can present it in your favor, which is what a lot of people like to do. I mean, you can look at uh, who's that? Who's that? Dude from uh, South Dakota that uh, isn't doing too great for the Eagles right now. And he was picked number two, and he's got an offensive-minded head coach. I mean, they did win the Super Bowl, but that was not with him. That was with yeah. Nick Foles. But right now, that's, that's not going too great. He's, that's the, he's, that he's situation benched. is incredibly interesting because if, if I read correctly, they haven't even begun paying out his contract nope. extension yet. Nope. And then they went with Hertz the last three games. And then he got benched tonight for Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld, or however you say it. Yeah, Wentz didn't even go in. No, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, okay. I thought I thought uh, Wentz was deactivated for the game. Maybe not. He might have been. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Somebody said healthy scratch. Somebody reputable said healthy scratch. But for sure now, I mean, it can be sold any way come the offseason. You can spin it. But they benched their heir apparent. For Sudafel to see what they have there. Number two pick. Uh, I thought you were supposed to get a top five pick. That was a guarantee. <laughs> Super Bowl. I feel I feel that they'll probably end up going back with Wentz because they have so much money there. But I don't know if the you know the, the most know. boisterous fan base in the world can handle that with Philadelphia. I think if they I think I've mentioned this either on with you or some other guests on this podcast, but whoever trades for Carson Wentz doesn't have to pay the full value of his contract because the Eagles have paid so much in bonuses and guarantees already. The cap it for the team that trades for him is only $25 million a year. So it's not, I believe, with the Eagles, it's like thirty-five or something like that. So, so would the Eagles keep paying going forward or they've already paid The Eagles are going to lose money no matter what they do. Oh. God, they, what, they, a, what a nasty! They cannot, they cannot cut them. That's that. I think that's like sixty million oh, yeah. in dead money. What a nasty situation to be in. But they did it. They, that's their coach decided to do that. I mean, they almost got in the playoffs, and it, it looked like the team was. It seemed like the team was better with with Hurts yeah. in there. Oh yeah, I don't. In retrospect, say why did you pay Wentz? Because that's not fair. But I, I actually, I feel sympathy for them um, and their fans because you think we got it bad. Um, you know, think about a deal that hasn't been paid out yet. And then you've got, I'm sure there's a camp that loves Hertz and there's a camp <laughs> that loves Wentz. And then they threw in Sudafeld, you know, as a nice little deal sweetener tonight. Like, where do you even start? I like, I like to keep calling him Sudafeld because it sounds like Sudafed. What is it? Sudfeld. Sud- <laughs> <laughs> That's my, I'm not, I wasn't trying to make fun of him. It's I, know, I know, Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I should probably do my homework before I start spitting stuff out, but I've got, uh, 
my dislike is the uh, second quarter interview with Chris Spielman. I'm like, what's going on? This is a this is a regular season game. Why are we interviewing someone just in the second? They weren't even calling the game. They just paused <laughs> calling the game and they were just talking to Chris Spielman. I'm like, what? Like, is this a preseason game? What's what's going on? Like, I. Yeah. I know this game doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything, but yeah. it's still a regular season game, and there's still like actual <laughs> interesting players playing. Like they're just like, oh, we're gonna have an interview with Chris Spielman in the second quarter. It's like, wh- who made that decision? Yeah. On top of that, uh, a funny moment. My wife said that because his mask was so small that it looked like a g-string on his face. Oh, it kept coming off. Yeah, it kept coming too. off, and I don't know maybe because he has a muscular. He's a big dog. dude, yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like it, the the mask was ill fitting, and uh, then it kept sliding. I'll tell down. you what, I did enjoy though. I did enjoy Robert Smith as a oh, yeah. color commentator. That's my I re- dude. Yep, I really like him. Enjoyed him, and I don't know why he doesn't do more NFL stuff. I know he's a college guy; he likes to yeah. do that stuff. But I would I would enjoy him if he did more NFL stuff. My uh, closing argument for tonight, and this is kind of talking um, about something you mentioned uh, two weeks ago, Adam, and this will surprise some people that I actually believe in this or will entertain it. Um, so because Cousins causes so much controversy with this fan base and whether or not he's actually any good, um, and because we have not reached a Super Bowl within his three years, if the Vikings wanted to draft a quarterback with their first pick, if Trey Lance was there or any of the Zach Wilson types were going to be there, he's not going to be there. This <laughs> is an extremely unique spot to be in because mm-hmm. you would have seventh best quarterback via passer rating in NFL history and cousins. And, you know, some folks can't accept that he's any good. Um, and then you would have a quarterback that could learn behind him for two years while cousins uh, contract, would expire. And in theory, if we don't make any substantial push to the Super Bowl, then you would have this this guy who should be job ready and ready to play. So I will be excited if they do go quarterback. I don't think that they will, um, but I'll be certainly excited about it because it really does have that Alex Smith Mahomes feel about it mm-hmm. where I, I think Cousins is leaps and bounds better than um, Alex Smith. But you would have the placeholder who you expect to take you to the playoffs um, but if you start doing that eight and eight crap or nine and seven crap, seven and nine, then you have by the serendipitous year, pandemic year, a pretty darn good draft pick. Um, and then boom, you got your quarterback of the future. I think it would marry nicely to what the team would want to do if indeed Cousins wasn't the long term solution. I just don't know if Spielman and Zimmer will will do that Um yeah, with the way with the way the defense has played this year, I don't think Zimmer's going to let that happen. I think yeah. he's going to be like, look how crappy our defense was. We if need they to use did, a first though, round pick. Let's say yeah. Spielman said we're taking Trey Lance, you know, local hometownish type of guy. Do you think that that would restart the clock on him as a general you know, manager? Yeah, um, I've been throwing this this I've had this thought for I think even before the season that if the Vikings wanted. If Zimmer and Spielman wanted to extend their tenure at least, you know, past 2021, it would be smart for them to draft a quarterback. Okay. And I've had I've had people object to that. I think Arif Hassan or whatever from the Athletic kind of uh, rebuttaled me and said like that, you know, you can look at the Rams and Jared Goff and and Jeff Fisher was fired a year after they drafted him and mm-hmm. and John Fox was fired a year after they drafted Mitchell Trubisky, but you can also look at teams like uh the Ravens, which missed the playoffs three years in a row before drafting Lamar Jackson. You can look at 
Yeah. Uh, who else is out there? The Texans. I'm sure Sean Watson kept Bill O'Brien there probably longer than he yeah. should have been around. Well, and, um, and the, the you can, yeah, you can say the Chiefs too. The Chiefs. I, now they're so damn good that we don't even remember that they were just like the Vikings for 50 years. I mean, they were they were better than the Vikings were right now with Kirk Cousins because they won the division a bunch and and yeah. they just couldn't get over that hump. Like yeah, to, well, no, to be an I, I guess I, I was equating playoff letdown. They get your yeah. hopes up and oh, for sure. Oh, I've got my my uncle is a diehard of diehard Chiefs fans, and we used to share you know miseries together uh, because yeah. the seasons would end in similar fashions. Unfortunately for the Chiefs fans, it was always a complete uh, letdown in the playoffs. Like they'd be up, I think that, that time against the Colts, they were up by thirty points or something like that. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Just for every example that Hassan would have given you, then there's a there's another rebuttal. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that with the way. Also, with the way ownership has acted towards Zimmer and Spielman, they obviously like these guys. They think yeah. that they can, they've done a good job. They can, and they can, they have confidence in them to turn the team around. I think if they got a young quarterback, they're like, hey, you know, maybe we're not going to do as well this year, but give us this year to, you know, develop this guy. And then in 20, what, 2022, we'll get him in there. And see how it goes. And if it goes poorly, fine, then get rid of us. But if yeah. not, then then keep us going. Because um it just they gotta do something. Because Kirk Cousins, like you said, they haven't made the playoffs in two of his three years that he's been here. Obviously, it's not all his fault. There's mm-hmm. the defense is terrible this year, so I wouldn't put hardly any of the blame on Kirk Cousins for the Vikings missing the playoffs this year because he's been he's carried this team. Nope, but twenty eighteen more, more than have some yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, because that defense was was way 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 better. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Um, then last year, you know, they probably had no business beating the Saints. And no, I disagree. They, you, oh, re- oh, really? Okay. Oh, I, I didn't think that they would, but I thought they played damn well and deserved every every moment of that. Oh, oh, they, in the game they did, but yeah. I'm, I'm just saying in general they probably just they. I feel like they they backed in the playoffs. Oh yeah, the last two weeks were disappointing, but. Um, Sometimes yeah. that's just how no, it goes. They played, yeah, they played great against the Saints. Yeah, yeah. They, mm-hmm. they deserve to win that game. I'm just saying in general, being in the playoffs. Um, so you could, I mean, and at this point, Zimmer, he's going to be on the hot seat next year, whether whether people like it or not. It's just it's how it's going to be. Well, we got that um, odd year mojo coming. Right, right. You get the, <laughs> you get the, you get the third place or last place schedule. Yeah, uh, get which that doesn't going. look easy, though. No, because what what do they have to play? The AFC North and the NFC West, I think, and then some other team from, yeah. from some other. But we're doing that because there's going to be 17 games. Yeah, we're doing um, that thing where we look at the schedule and everything looks impossible. Yeah, remember the Cowboys game was supposed <laughs> to be super hard this year. Yeah. Hey, but you know they beat the Vikings anyways. Um, yeah, like so. Who knows? Because I believe what, was it 2017 when they had to play the the AFC North. That's that's when they uh, went to the NFC Championship. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. You never know. Um, but my last dislike, it's nothing too crazy, but just not activating Kyle Hinton. Um, oh. They added him to the active roster this week, but then they didn't activate him for the game. So it's just a little puzzling because I thought this would be a good opportunity to get someone like him in the game. They didn't really use a whole lot of their reserves, I feel like. Maybe maybe guys like BC Johnson or something got a little more playing time, but as far as like the offensive line goes, I didn't see many developmental guys in there, maybe like an Ali Uda or a Kyle Hinton like that. It was mostly just the guys that have been there all year and, and, and Dozer, you know, he's, he's 
pretty much a developmental guy, but uh, he plays like one at least. Um, but yeah, that that that's my last dislike. I feel like I didn't. The, just the defense is pretty much you could the defense in Dan Bailey is what you can pretty much just throw in uh, to everything. Did you ever yeah. a, any other ones? Um, no, I think my my last closing my closing closing statement is that I don't think that they'll go quarterback at whatever their draft position is. But this team, as we know it, and you know this Zimmer vibe that we've had now since 2014, um, it has at the max without a playoff push two years left because his contract will be up, Cousins' contract will be up, mm-hmm. Dalvin's prime will be winding down because he'll be 26 next year. So this team, if if you believe that this team, the way it's built with healthy with healthy folks on it. Can win a Super mm-hmm. Bowl. We've got two years to do it. End of story. Um, because I don't think Zimmer's getting Zimmer, old too. Who Zimmer's getting old? Oh too. yeah, yeah. I yeah. I always think about that. Like it wouldn't be strange if he just said I'm I'm done and will shock the world. But he just seems kind of like that uh, Parcells type that he'll stick to it stubborn wise no matter what. So yeah, I think uh, your final takeaway of this end of season podcast is that the way that everything is right now. It's got two years left, and it probably can't survive a crappy year next year. So if they uh, come out and do something weird like six and ten injuries or no injuries, it's probably going to be the end for Zimmer. But if they have that odd year voodoo and you know win the North, then it's you know everybody's happy again. But the way it is right now, before it gets stale, is I'd say it has two years left because of Cousins' contract, Zimmer's contract, and Dalvin's age. Yeah, Zimmer is sixty-four. Yeah. So uh, if net two years, he'll be sixty six. So yeah, he's he he doesn't have much time, <laughs> not in life, but just in his coaching career to to get yeah. something done. So he's probably getting a little a little antsy too. Because only Pete Carroll and Belichick are older, right? I feel like if Mike Zimmer won the Super Bowl next year, he'd be like, "All right, I'm good. I'm retired." Oh, but, hey, we would build statues for the man. Oh, yeah, you'd yeah, even yeah. do it in California. I'd do it in Super Bowl, <laughs> South Dakota, and then we'd both drive up to Minneapolis together to build the statue. <laughs> um, there was one other thing I wanted to say. What were you talking about? Oh, I was going to ask you, uh, who do you think? What What are your Super Bowl? You usually do a prediction for the the next vikings game but there is no next vikings oh game boy. but what are you who do you think is going to make make the super bowl i'm not asking you if you're a winner but um, just who's going to make it do you know who's in the playoffs at least? yeah it's not going to surprise you that i usually go through and a bunch of weird numbers to formulate my super bowl prediction i haven't done that yet uh, i'm hoping the numbers bear out tampa bay because i want to believe in them because they're hot and i trust brady and i love their defense i love the personnel of that defense um so I'll probably have a better one next week, but I will say Evans got hurt though today. Tampa, right? who? Evans, who got Mike hurt? Evans? Mike oh, Evans. okay. Well, that's not good. Um, <laughs> gosh, I want to say that the Chiefs will probably figure out a way not to get there because they're so heavily favored. Um, without diving the numbers, I'm going to go with a shocker: Tampa and Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. That's. I thought you were going to say Buffalo. Um. So Tampa. No, I'm the, not jumping up. The, the Super Bowl is in Buffalo. Oh, not Buffalo. Oh my god, the Super Bowl is in, <laughs> in Tampa. Yeah, I wish. I yeah, wish that's the probably Super Bowl. A, a bad omen. As I wish is, the Super Bowl was in Buffalo. That would be amazing. Yeah. No, Buffalo looks great, and I uh, I think that they will. They look almost too good, though, right? Like this isn't even me being like a Stefan Diggs hater or whatever. But well, like, no, I, I it might just be you know a Patriots like 
um, stranglehold of the AFC East in the making. Um, it might have just really worked because that Doug McDermott dude knows how to coach defense. Um, Allen has significantly taken the next step, and they got our Digsy. And it, it could be the beginning of something special, um, but I also think that almost every team in the AFC playoffs can beat them on a given Sunday. Yeah, and I'm I'm not even going to be shy about it anymore. People are like, you should be happy for Stefan Diggs. He's doing great. You know what? I'm not happy for Stefan Diggs, okay? Because he wanted to get out of Minnesota, okay? So get out yeah. of here. You don't, you don't want to play for the Vikings? Fine, get out of here. You, you know what? Actually, I, I like Stefan Diggs. He's one of my favorite players for the Vikings. Yeah. Um, I still enjoy watching him. I know he's a very good receiver. I don't need Bills fans to tell me every day that he's good because <laughs> I, I already knew that. Um, and Justin Jefferson is good, and he's probably going to be better. So there's that. And he costs way less. Um, but my Super Bowl picks, I picked before the season started the Steelers and Seahawks, and they're both in the playoffs. Um, and I'm just going to stick with it. I think, really? Okay. I think they just had they had the experience at the coach. They got you know Mike Tomlin and, and Pete Carroll. They have quarterbacks with experience. Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. They have some pieces on defense. You know, you got Jamal Adams on the Seahawks. Yeah. And they've been, since uh, midseason, they have had the league's best defense. Seahawks? Yeah, it doesn't get propped up very much, but I dug in the numbers. And since week eight, I believe, they've had the lowest points allowed. And because they were so garbage in the first eight weeks, nobody really recognizes it. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with those, those two teams, a rematch. I think, I think they played like 2004 or five. Yes. One of those oh, years. I was in college. I can't remember. Yeah. Speaking of that, the last time the Browns made the playoffs, I was in high school. Correct. Me yep. too. My wife I've... got into football five years ago when we started dating. And of course, that's all she knows is five years worth of football. And so mm-hmm. to her, the Browns are so hapless. <laughs> and so she's, she, before Stefanski went she's there, like, it's a miracle. Yeah. Before Stefanski went there, she developed them as her satellite team. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Stefanski went there and, of course, even more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we will be cheering for the Browns at our house. And yeah. my not so secret affinity for Tom Brady will uh, keep me cheering for the Bucks. Oh, I, lo- I love for the Browns to to do something in the playoffs. At least they, that fan base needs, they deserve it. They, yeah. they got the, they got the Cavs a couple years ago. You know, oh, they got the Indians, who, the Indians who keep messing up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, give the Browns, just give them at least like a playoff win. Who are they? Who are the Browns playing? Steelers. The oh boy. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Uh, never mind then. Sorry, Browns fans. You're gonna have to wait until next year. Uh, but, uh, if you got anything else, uh, that's going to do it Do it for us. Uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Um, and then, you know, subscribe to Dustin's podcast, which is the Believe in Vikings podcast with former Vikings offensive lineman Bryant McKinney. He, yes, he was a participant on the Love Boat. So that's, yes, that Bryant McKinney. Um, and then uh, follow Dustin on Twitter at Dust Baker. He's got a lot of good Vikings facts and stats. And he likes just telling people why Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback because he is. Um, so, uh, Dustin, as we've done every week, I just need you to leave me with a skull. Skull! This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.